I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to episode two in our series, which is called The Lockdown Sessions. You were so proud of yourself last week, Ruth, when you came up with the quarantine sessions, until it was pointed out to me that we weren't exactly in quarantine. It's a different thing. We're it in is a lockdown. Thing. We, we but can't... it has a better ring to it, I think, quarantine sessions. Yeah, but it's inaccurate, isn't it? Well, yeah, and that's why it's not. It's lockdown sessions, part two. Part two. Hopefully it won't be too many sessions. Well, we hope not. The sooner we can end these lockdown sessions, the better. Uh, let's start with some bad news. Damn straight. Should we start with some bad news? Because I'm sure you're in... in <laughs> yeah, there's uh, definitely not enough bad news at the moment. That's well, what we're all in need of. We certainly are. Uh, according to the Sunday Times this week, uh, students of practical subjects such as medicine, veterinary science and dentistry will go back to university in the autumn. But those studying, no. the, those studying the arts may be stuck at home. Have you heard about this? No, who says that? University Why? leaders insist undergraduates studying key science subjects must be fast-tracked back to campus for their practical classes. However, under contingency plans being drawn up, arts students may instead have to carry on at home with virtual seminars and tutorials, some until... January. No, they might as well just delay the term until January for us because no, the, those online lessons just they don't work. It doesn't work. Why? Why doesn't it work? Because I was interested. The, in this. the interaction doesn't work. Like you're sat in a seminar. First of all, the program that they run it on, um, my laptop just doesn't work with it. Like I think you've got to have quite an up to date laptop. Um, and then you're sat in the seminars they'll ask a question and it is dead silent because you can't tell when anyone else is about to answer and then as soon as someone does speak they speak over each other because and then yeah and then they yeah. stop speaking because you want the other person to speak and there's nothing to hold you accountable while you're in in the thingy some of the online lectures like you just it just doesn't work it, it doesn't for my subject at least. no and they want to charge you the same rate. Same rate for these uh, for these lessons. And also, that isn't the university. I think has been it's been well documented that it is not solely about the degree that you end about. It's about the experience of going. It's about living independently. It's teaching you how to be an adult in many ways as well. And you don't get that doing online lessons from home. And it's not. No. It's you're paying nine thousand two hundred and fifty pounds for the experience as well as. The lessons and you're not getting that from home and it's ridiculous to suggest that you ever would be no i think you're right uh, and you're not alone and it's I- very short as well you know like i've only got now i've had this one term cancelled i've only got three more terms 
in York before I do a year abroad and then your last year is very different. So I don't want to lose a whole term of that that I'm paying for. Well, nobody wants to lose it. They're paying for, and, mm. and the idea was that the online was going to work, but clearly it's not. Well, I don't think it does. Uh, no, well, you're not alone. Actually, that's uh, uh, there was an interview in the paper yesterday with somebody called Sabrina Miller, who says she's incredibly worried she may miss out on the degree results she hopes for. She's a second year. We've talked a bit about first years and third years. Uh, she's a second year English student at Bristol University. She's writing two essays this month on Chaucer. Good luck with that. And politically subversive books. Interesting subjects. Both count towards her degree, but she's had no teaching on either. Universities moved tuition online in March because of the coronavirus crisis. And this is what she says. None of my tutors are doing online Zoom or Skype calls. Some are posting online lectures. Some lecturers are doing online seminars, but not in my subject. I'm incredibly worried that this lack of tuition will affect my final degree result. So that's almost the same as you. Your experience is almost exactly the same as that, isn't it? Mm. So how are you coping? Yeah, it's fine. But you don't (laughs) seem to be doing a whole load of university stuff. No, I I do do stuff, but not that much. Um, Because it's really, really difficult to motivate yourself. It's difficult anywhere when you're at university because no one's really, especially in your first year, no one really cares that much. Um, And then being at home, it's even harder. And not having, I don't like to work. I like to, even when I'm at home, I go to the library to work because I work better. I don't like working at home very much. So it's even harder to work in this environment. And then you also have nothing to look forward to. It makes it really difficult to motivate yourself in the day. Like, it's just, it isn't asking students to do the same work for the same results but in a completely different situation is just not feasible you know like you're working you're trying this is it, you're trying almost to everybody work. i mean yeah and i think it's the same in normal jobs like I, I saw something that i can't exactly remember what it said but it was like you're not working from home you're trying to do work at home during a pandemic like they're, they're different things it's not just normal working no, from home and like it's ridiculous to expect students to behave like that when you wouldn't expect someone in their normal job yeah. to behave like that. And you're right about that you <coughs> like to work from the library, you like to be away from home. And it is difficult to work with a constant supply of Gilmore Girls that's <laughs> there on Netflix. How the heck are you supposed to... It's not to... a constant supply, it will run out. Well, yeah, I was wondering when, because you have been watching Gilmore I've, Girls I've slowed now. down on the watching of it, though, you know. Have you? Because I'm worried that I'm going to run out. Ah, you're rationing yourself. So, Mm. mm. I've pulled back. So it's almost like these guys who perhaps go on go up Everest or those expeditions to the Antarctic. You have whatever to keep you're some... about to say, I don't want to hear the end of it. It's definitely like those people who go up the uh, who climb Everest. That, yeah, that must be what it's like. Well, you have to ration. You know, they had like one square yeah. of chocolate to give them the uh, you know the sugar and the protein or whatever it's, is in chocolate. It's not protein. Like Clearly, that you've not climbed Everest. No, so. I've never. I've never got round there. Well, I hurt my foot. I, I do think they will send us back because also oh, they, must. they should never have sent us home because if you want to keep an economy running and you want to keep stuff open or you want to develop some kind of herd immunity, the best. Well, we we went. We don't. We're not done, having herd immunity. No, we I know, I know, I know, I know. But I mean, um, but if they'd, but at some point, unless there's a vaccine developed, we're gonna want to develop some herd immunity, but it'll just be over mm. a much longer time yeah. frame. But the best way to have done that would have been um, keeping university students at university. Mm. And if they go back, if they go back for freshers week, it's a well-known thing to get freshers flu. Freshers flu 
will probably be coronavirus this year. But well, a combination of coronavirus and alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah, but no, but the well-known thing is pressure flu. University students get sick a lot because you're all packed in and you're not taking care of your immune system and all that kind of stuff. But it would have been a really good opportunity to let university students be at uni and develop a herd immunity there and keep shops mm. and restaurants and stuff open for the economy because. Um, well, why do you think we didn't? Because right? we were taking, you know, what Instead, it wasn't a political. It was well, it was to vulnerable yeah. parents. Well, a political. It wasn't a political decision. It was based on the science. Uh, yeah, I so. mean, herd immunity wouldn't have been, ever been possible because there would just have been too many deaths. That's what it is, isn't it? And I think it would have just been proved way too difficult to have been like university students stay at university and like I think it's just would have been too difficult. I don't mm. know, but I, I would be really upset if they said. I wouldn't mind it if they if they said the term doesn't start. There's three terms, but they're going to start in January instead. That's it. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that that much because that's you know January. You're like right, okay. It's, there's got to be ways to do six, it. Eight months or whatever, six months. Yeah, no, and I think you're then right. You're like right, that's okay. But the idea that it's like online classes starting in September back in January is way worse. They're going to. I mean, what's disturbing about universities is they don't appear to be working anything through. You know. I, all I hear is that they keep asking the government for a £16 billion uh, bailout, £16 billion bailout, because they're going to lose loads of money with uh, not getting overseas students next year. Students. But I don't hear any really creative thing. You know, I hear from the Premier League every single day about possible plans to try and you know, get the season done, you know, mm. given that uh, the, the, and how they're going to arrange it with next season and the Euros. But I don't hear... I mean, your idea sounds right to me. I think you should go back. Yeah. Um, God, I think you should go back. But I think you should. <laughs> no, go back. I, I mean I'm with you, Dad. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. No, not I think you should go back. But I don't. It's also what do they expect us to do? Like carry on pay our landlords of a house we've never lived in. Mm. So for first year students, you're moving into a house you've never been in. Mm. You're not paying money to a university. It's a private landlord who will ask you to pay because as much as landlords can be really dodgy and stuff, they are <laughs> human beings who. The, you know, they're, they're also workers. You have to, they're going to have to make money somehow. Mm. You say that every university student is not, well, are, are they going to pay for a house they've never lived in or are they going to not pay? What are you going to do about landlords then? Which university students is their entire market? Like, yeah. I, I just don't see how it's feasible to, to not send us back in September, uh, October. The good news is, is you want the oh, good, good news. news. Well, there is a little bit of good news is that people very much want you to do the podcast and keep it going during these lockdown sessions. I'll just mention one or two of the people. Andy May says he's so keen on the podcast. He says, "Ruth, don't make me beg." He says, "I've forgiven you now for having a go at Londoners, which you've done once or twice." Um, uh, got some, says, we got some. Um, well, it, all of the um, bad reviews or bad feedback or the two times people have sent me handwritten letters in the post um <laughs> are always bad stuff about me and there was what there's one on itunes that is like it's like a good rating but then they just like 
thank God for her father, she hates London, like, <laughs> single-minded. It's not nice. <laughs> All right. David Sharrett said, yes, hope you're both well, missing you. Tony Gould, good to have you back. Please do another. He says, any topics are fine, but if you take requests, do we take requests for yeah, topics? Yeah, He says, more on Martin's initial assertion that the, I don't think it was me, I think it was you, that the economic hit of the lockdown will kill people. I think you quoted that bit of, uh, you know, oh, if we're going to reset. Uh, yeah, from yeah. the big short. It will um, be a recession like mm, no other thing. Oh, I, ta- I take this what, view. What does happen? Like, what if there's a, it is scary. You know, it like, is a bit scary. We become. I don't really remember the recession that much in two thousand eight. Well, to be honest, we we sort of muddled through. My brother's take on this is because I said to him, "Oh, the economy is just going to go bust." He said, "No, too many powerful people don't want it to go bust. Therefore, it won't." So I said, "How, Are you how sure does that it work?" What? I don't know, what but do he he does publicity for Fortnum and Mason, so he knows what rich people think. But I presume they have to put yeah, lots of stimulus. Like, will never be as bad for rich people. People right at the bottom end of the scale, you're right. The underclass more things, the death rate will go up. There's no mm. doubt about it. But the but it's nothing tangible happens in a recession except it's a lot harder to find work. Yeah. Which is another bad thing for you people. But I'm trying to do the good news now. Oh, okay, sorry. Now Brian Long, who I actually know, he is he is a, a super crony. I think yeah. we'd call Brian. I think you would call him a friend. <laughs> yes, a friend. Of course, I would. He says, "Now, what's all this reluctance on Ruth's part? Recontinue with the podcast." Ruth, you could always look on it as a welcome break from watching rubbish telly all day. Just look at it another way. It gives the old man some purpose in life. Consider it as care work. Mm. So there you go. I used to, when I, when I used to, like, be sort of kind of like, I don't know, 15, 16, when mm-hmm. I was going to, like, house parties, but I could never, I would, had, first of all, no money because I was, like, 15, so couldn't get a taxi back and then also wasn't old enough to, like, find my own way home and stuff. And I remember I used to ask I would be like, Mum, oh, I'm going to this party, like, how should I get home and stuff? She she would always say, oh, ask Dad, he'll pick you up. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to make him, you know, if it's going to be, like, midnight. And Mum would always just go, no, no, it's fine, it gives him purpose. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Well, I also, I, I also used to like to stay up, you know, as long as you were out, even if it was half one in the morning. It was good fun because I put my music on in the car. We'll hear a bit about music a little bit later on. Um, when we got emails from all over the place, I mean, literally, we said double figures and we'll do another one. Way more than double figures. It was Not triple times. figures, but... Not triple just... figures, but way more than double figures. Uh, Jennifer Parkinson said, Dear both, I've been listening since your podcast was first mentioned in a newspaper. Do you remember those golden yeah. days when we got reviews? And I'm a regular listener and fan. Every week I mean to email you with some comments, but somehow I never do. Anyway, now there's a risk you're going off air. She says, I had to put fingers to keyboard to say, please find a way to carry on podcasting. If you're no longer funded by talk radio, you could consider asking for PayPal contributions. I don't want to beg. I'm not going to beg. She says, I'm in my... I'm more worried. It's less like, oh, I'm not getting paid anymore. So like, oh, what's the point? It's more just... um, Talking to your dad for no money. (laughs) No, it's it's also more like, I'm worried that it'll just be boring or... Oh, like a well, downer, do you know what I mean? It's not going to be boring because there's loads of things happening. Jennifer says, she says, I'm in my 60s, but I sometimes agree more with Ruthie than with Dad. I have a daughter at uni here in Italy. Other times, I'm firmly with Dad, especially about the Beatles, who weren't even mentioned in your latest podcast. <laughs> well, we've mentioned them now, this week, and aren't they wonderful? There's a new song out, I think it'll be rubbish, actually, but it's a collaboration done in the 90s between Ringo and Paul. 
So it'll be the first wow. new Paul McCartney music for a little while. And no, he was on that Kanye West yes, track. He was, he was, you're right. Um, I, studied, I studied French with European institutions at university in 1974-78. I'm delighted Ruthie is studying French. Although I live in Italy, I've never lost my love of French language and literature and the country itself, of course. Looking forward to more of the same. I particularly like descriptions of things on TV. You might hear a bit of that. And uh, new buzzwords. She likes all that. Keep in touch with you young folk. Ciao for now, says Jenny yeah. in Rome. So Italy's get... on my list after I've done French and Spanish. After I feel like I'm a good level at Spanish, um, it's Italian's my next. Yeah, well, really their nice their economy yeah. is absolutely shot. I mean, much, much worse than ours. Uh, I saw a report from Naples on the TV. And Naples is, you know, Naples is a poor, it's one yeah, of the poorest yeah, yeah. regions in the EU anyway. Mm. Uh, and even poorer at the moment. Crime, mafia are taking yeah. over and all sorts. Quickly, um, she mentioned her daughter was uh, studying in Rome. There's another thing for, like, if universities don't go back in September, there's a whole... A whole year of students who are meant to be starting their year abroad mm. and if they can't go but we move up and then they can't they start their mm. year in a different time because you can't do a year abroad from home no. <laughs> so that will all be out of sync as well so that's another yeah well it's, it would be nice for um there to be like just a little bit of clarity about or like just an acknowledgement of the problems from you from either the universities themselves the institutions or a national wide so I'm, I'm no, I'm know, no real they, ever, it feels yeah. like they do talk about schools an awful lot more in the press b- briefings and stuff and um just in general like yeah. government officials so in the stuff. press briefings there are loads of things in the newspapers about universities all the time you know yeah, about how they're but, suffering but yeah but um no like governmental govern is that right governmental, governmental yes i always really struggle how to say that governmental um sort of information or yeah just an acknowledgement of like there are all of these things mm. that we're trying to solve it feels yeah. a little bit like it's just there's kind a lovely of, word in america by the way gubernatorial which means at governor level so <laughs> they, they say it's a gubernatorial decision uh, which is you know if you're having trouble with governmental just be thankful gubernatorial 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 yeah. yeah that's a good one it is a good one uh, thanks to Stephen Walker who just sent it because uh, he wanted us to get into double figures he said my youngest daughter disappointed to miss out on her final semester at university that is really yeah, but far, that would be really rubbish it's as far from the end of the world <laughs> maybe for not for you Stephen but for her. Neil Vicker Eve Shamin Worcester she's loved our work from the beginning Ruth called it work uh, John Kelly is in Sydney Australia and um, he says it's the best dad and daughter podcast around I look I don't think there's that many yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway well done uh, Kenny Morrison who's on the staff at the University of Dundee so maybe you can do something about these issues we're talking about uh, Chris Best Peter Bradburn he says please keep it going if Ruth can tear herself away from her jigsaws although you're sort of jigsaw I jigsawed out and that, yeah. I finished that one I thought yeah. Uh, yeah. You did that 1500 piece, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, Terry Hall, Brad Eaton. Brad Eaton's from Seattle. He's got in touch with us. Oh. He said. Um, Seattle, more, the, um, that's where Grey's Anatomy is set. That is where Grey's Anatomy is set, and Frasier. You is know, it? Yeah, you know my views on Frasier. You don't like it. I can't remember. I like the early ones, and then it went on for way, way, way too long, and it jumped so Kelsey high Grammer over the show. In, Kelsey yeah. Grammer, that's right. And uh, David I've Hyde. I've never watched it. David Hyde Pierce. It's from like almost the same, like it was on at the same time as Friends, wasn't it? Like their later seasons were the earliest. Yes, it started. But you watch any of 
Frasier and it looks really, really old. Whereas I think if you watch Friends, it's dated much better. I think that is one thing you can say about Friends is it, although it looks um, charmingly 90s, it hasn't dated that as badly as a lot of those other... No, I think well, I think so. the reason for that is Friends has always been there in the, you know, these people in Friends like Jennifer Aniston and mm. David Schwimmer and all those people have sort of been around, even if it's just on T-shirts and mugs and things. But, I mean, I saw somebody on the internet the other day with a Friends mug and all that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? They never yeah, went away. They're, so, yeah. they're familiar to us, I think. Whereas the Frasier people, maybe not so much. Um, anyway, Brad Eaton is in Seattle and he says, yes, more podcasts. They're uh, also on lockdown there. Uh, he says, it's always um, interesting, the podcasts are often quite funny. Well, high praise. High praise indeed. I'm a radio guy myself, he says. I host the morning show on a classical station, King FM. Hmm. So there you are. Classical. Just like Kelsey Grammer, a radio man in Seattle. Oh, is, is, is that what he does in French? Yes, he's a radio psychologist, psychiatrist. Matt Matt, who's in Adelaide, uh, has got in touch. In New Zealand? Australia. Australia. Oh, cut that out, wet. In Australia? <laughs> yes, in Australia, that's right. Uh, Matt Matt says, Thanks, Ruth, for the music tip this week. Fan of Kid Coody and Yeezy, wasn't aware of the collab. Um, so there you go. Wait, say that word again. Kid Coody? No, 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 the last word. Yeezy? No, the last word. That collab. You said. Okay, that's, yeah. You called it a collab. <laughs> Oh, come up, come up, Collab, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can call it a collab. Joanna Johnson, she uh, wrote to us, you've had a, a direct message from her daughter. Yeah, I, I, I need to go back through those because I never check Twitter messages. Oh, yeah, I need to, yeah, I need to go back through. Oh, um, Gary Robson says, we are the new... It's nice to have some women. Yes, it is. We've yeah. got women. We've got people from all over the world. Adelaide, <laughs> Sydney... Uh, Dundee. Was there anyone Naples. from Sydney? Yeah, John, oh. Ke- John Kelly. Uh, Ex Monk living in Sydney, he says. Oh. Uh, and he believes that you possess precocious talent. Um, so, mm, yeah. Precocious is not. It's not. It's kind You're of too one old, of those, too it's old one to of those underhanded compliments as well. Yeah. It's like take your call. Like no, if you're precocious kid. when you're six years old, that's brilliant, you know, yeah, because you cute, can do yeah. things. Yeah. But when you're 19, you're too old to be precocious. God, if I. If, I have to turn 20 in lockdown. What's that programme called where the people uh, are old people, around about my age, even older than me, and they go to... Older than you? Yeah, they go to the Marigold Hotel or something. Is it called... Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. I was just thinking, if you're... I've never watched that. Oh, it's terrible. But I I was, you know... Like I say, it's old people. I mean, I am one. I don't need to watch it on the TV. But if you're, a, say, like a Z-list celebrity and you're too old for... Because no, they don't really want you on Come Dine With Me. You know, no, like, it was a film. Film. The best exotic marigold. Oh, no, it's a, it's a reality show on TV now. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what it's called. It might be called The Last... No, The Real Exotic Marigold Yeah, I was going to say, I've never seen the film or the TV yeah. program. Yeah, well, the TV show. But th- they're people, they were older people. And then I thought, it must be better if you're a Z-list celebrity and you're too old for Love Island, but too young for the exotic... You get caught in that oh, mid-area. that's the... Um, the big news, actually, today. They've announced that there's no Love Island in 2020. It's delayed till 2021. Well, it would be, because that's all about this social distancing Travel, and Love yeah. Island don't exactly mix. No, no, I think... I don't know why they couldn't just put them all in the villa together and they're all isolate in there. It seems like a perfect programme. They never go anywhere. Oh, I see what you mean. I'd be part of the same household. Yeah. 
Yeah, I suppose they could. But the, there are now you've got too, you won't much, be able to too much to handle, spare. and you've got that other blind date. I've still not watched thing. that. Yeah, but you've got, you've got those. So yeah, Love Island a bit irrelevant. No. Uh, anyway, so Joanna Johnson, she she loves them. Robert Rayner, Craig from Harlech in North Wales, so Dundee, North Wales, Adelaide, Sydney, Rome. We're loved all over the world. There was an old uh, Hancock sketch where he was a um, radio ham. That they're guys who try and get in touch with other people via radio signals all over the world. And he, at one point he said, friends all over the world, all over the world. Not in this country, but etc. etc. It was very funny in the 1960s. It sounds it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike Harrison says, I was a big fan of Gilmore Girls when it was on and loved the music they would play. It is, it is scored well. <laughs> yeah, he says, plus there was the bonus of Carol King being one of the inhabitants of Stars Hollow. Incidentally, the last night out my wife and I had before the lockdown was seeing the Carol King musical, Beautiful, which uh, mm. you've seen, haven't you? Yeah. He saw us at the Alhambra Theatre in Bradford. Where did you see it? Oh, I saw it in New York when I was yes, on holiday. I know, I know. Mm, fancy. <laughs> fancy indeed. Phil Strait from Whitstable, Adrian Ailes, Sean Dwyer. These are all people who added to our double figures. And Paul Sandham, who talked about the um, what little bits of excitement you can have during the lockdown. He says, excitement is encapsulated in seeing one more rainbow chalked on the side of somebody's house or noticing the bin men have put the bin back in something approximating the place they took it from uh, to empty it or even the right street really well I won't hear words said against uh, our bin men they've been brilliant mm. you know I'm in charge of the bins aren't I very much uh, yeah I don't, I don't so, do the bins no you don't do the bins nobody does the bins apart from myself should we give you purpose it does but give you thank purpose. you for all your emails Yes, definitely, definitely. Bless you for that. And if you do um, want to get in touch, it, the email is martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. Certainly is. martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, time for a little bit of music. Uh, start with yours. Yes, start with mine. Uh, mine is called Do Re Me and it's by Black Bear, who are quite, their songs are quite like club tunes, um, at least some of them are, and 
like very dancey mm. and i've been like quite liking a club tune during lockdown you know it reminds me of times past <laughs> uh so yeah give it a listen If I could go back to that day we met, I probably would just stay in bed. You run your mouth all over town, and this one goes out to the sound of breaking glass on my Wow, did you like that, Dad? Well, I quite liked it. It made me, I had to select very carefully the uh, 25 yeah, seconds quite, that I played. They've got a whole cause... song that's called Hot Girl Bummer, which is like Hot Girl Summer. I don't know whether you remember, but that was a bit of an online craze where everyone was like, it's Hot Girl Summer. Anyway. Really, too long. Anyway, I missed out on Hot and, Girl Summer. <laughs> and then the, literally the whole song is just the words F you and then but the actual word. And I thought, well, I can't yeah. pick that. Cause... No. Well, this one was quite salty as well. There were a few, but I did manage to find 30 seconds with uh, no expletives, as we do appear in the family friendly section of Apple Podcasts. Um, my tune is a reminder of one of my favourite films of all time, which is the 1982 film Tootsie, starring um, my friend uh, Dustin Hoffman. You can't uh, just call someone you like your friend. Well, I feel he's a friend because I've sort of grown up with Dustin Hoffman right the way through from very early films like The Graduates you know in the 60s all the way through to uh, The Little Fockers you know it's had a fantastically long career and things like uh, The Marathon Man and all that but allegedly at one time they were sort of talking about him in a bit of a sort of Woody Allen context that he was uh, a little bit no, 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 not that, uh, and neither was Willie Allen. No, he would talk about him in the Actually. sort of, uh, his uh, sexual politics was a bit uh, a bit 60s-ish, put it that way. And uh, unlike what has been happening in the whole history of the movie industry, um, he may very well have slept with some of his leading ladies, which, uh, as we know, is, is shocking and almost unknown. But anyway, uh, he was right. a yeah, brilliant, yeah, let's give it a listen. brilliant performance. No, not... Yes, I'm not. Oh, you're finished. not finished speaking about it. I'm not finished building it up yet. That's quite um, a lot because I wouldn't like to think people think this is my particular music taste. Uh, the, anyway, the film was uh, Tootsie, 1982. Music by Dave Grusin, who uh, did a lot of good 70s and 80s film music, loads of it. But I thought what was interesting about this: the Dabney Coleman character, uh, who is the producer of the soap that they're all making in the film. He's very much like a. That sort of figure, you know, if you wanted to know about sexism in Hollywood, I know we're getting all sorts of stuff now like the assistant, which we not watch it, but all sorts of um, you know documentaries about Me Too and everything. This, they sort of identified that in 1982 in uh, Tootsie. So well done director Sidney Pollack, who's also one of my favourite directors. So uh, the music from it by Dave Grusin, very good. The song, uh, It Might Be You. Can you remember it? No. From the film? As, but you've seen the film, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the film. A couple of times. Loads of times, yeah. Yeah, I thought you had. I just don't remember this song. No, well, the song is what the Americans like to call adult contemporary. Anything from the Eagles to Neil Diamond to sort of stuff for older people that they can market to. Uh, and this was very... In fact, I think it was number one in the adult contemporary chart, and it's Stephen Bishop, and it's called It Might Be You. Time. I've been passing time Watching trains go by All of my life Lying on the sand Watching seabirds fly 
One phenomenon that I've noticed being mentioned in a few of the columns at the moment is uh, Zoom weariness. People getting fed up of, uh, you know, at the start was quite a nice novelty, Zooming with your family and having quizzes and everything. Mm. You still I'm enjoy so the... bored of quizzes. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, I'm bored of quizzes. Yeah. Like, it's nice to having a thing. I get it because it's like some, it can be a bit weird just logging on to a video call and sitting there and being like, right, so, you know, it's harder to speak to people, so I get why people do it, so it's like a thing. But they are getting a little bit, well, it's when the question's like similar, and then it's just a bit like, ugh. Well, I, I was uh, I was absolutely fed up to the back teeth with the Zoom quizzes until last night when I correctly identified that Hugo Boss was the fashion house that uh, produced uh, clothes for the Nazis during the war. You just like being right. I loved being right. So about you don't that, really nobody... like a quiz if you don't know the answers definitely, but oh, you like a quiz I... when you get the answers right, which is not really what it's about. Oh yeah, it is for me. I like. I just just not even getting all the questions right. I'm quite happy to get loads of questions wrong, but just knowing something that uh, nobody else knows is quite nice. Even though when I say nobody else, I just mean nobody else in our family <laughs> knows. But I, I, you know, it's all the settling down for the Zoom and the quizzes. And as you say, um, there's there's so mu- there's so much appeal in general noise. It only goes so far. Go to talk a little bit about colonialism. I know you always like to attack me on this, but you know I think there's a good dividing line between history and colonialism, and I don't think there's much use in. I don't think. There's no, any, no, no, I think colonialism is part of history. It's part of history. But what I'm saying, if you're just looking at something from a historical point, well, I'll tell you what I mean. Right, it's the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower voyage to the New World. You know about the Mayflower? No. Yeah, there's something called the Plymouth Brethren. They were people who wanted religious freedom. So they they didn't want to be persecuted by the Christian church or Catholic church or whatever. So they went to America. They sailed from Plymouth in 1620 to start a new life free from religious persecution. Now, Mayflower 400, they've created resources for children to learn about the historic trip in the classroom, on internet and all that sort of stuff. However... Critics, people like yourself, are jumping in there and have accused the bosses of Mayflower 400 of buying into the myth of the Mayflower. Uh, Some want the education programme scrapped and rewritten. Uh, Members of the National Education Union, which is a big teachers' uh, union, they're calling for the material to be withdrawn and uh, reviewed because, obviously, Native Americans, I suspect, it doesn't say for real I mean, like, instantly there's a problem with calling it the New World, isn't it? Well, it was the New World to us when we went. Yeah, but it wasn't the New World. Well, yes, but we considered it to be the New World in 60... We know it wasn't now. Yeah, so then then the way that we talk about it and the way that we teach it should change with the facts that we know now. Yes, and we should, as well as recognise that there were people... And clearly, I think... Well, in fact, I know, because Mayfair 400 who are now getting attacked by the teachers' union things, say that it aims to tell all aspects of the story. We have worked with the Wampanoag tribal nation to ensure that they can tell it from their perspective. So these things do, you know, it just seems like a knee-jerk reaction. And they say they've been in touch with this uh, 
Wampanoag tribal nation and uh, put input from them in it. Americans today, this is a historian saying this, Americans today enjoy the blessings of the English tongue, uh, Magna Carta-based rights, and all the other benefits of the English and Scottish Enlightenment. Oh, uh, which, you can't say that. Why? You can't call it Enlightenment. Well, it, that's what it's called, it, isn't it? It's the, it was, when they say the Enlightenment, they mean that, that era, the, you but, know, the era uh, of the yeah, 16th, it, what, it 17th century. Yeah, but the words were, Americans today enjoy the blessings of the English tongue. What yeah, was wrong good. with ori- original tribal languages of Native Americans? Magna Carta-based rights, what, considering that they had no freedoms of their own, we committed mass genocide and imposed... I'm not sure imposed, these like, Mayflower people did. No, not the Mayflower people, but they're talking about... The well, English what the Mayflower people that they're saying to Benefits America. of the English and Scottish Enlightenment, mm. what Enlightenment... Oh, they brought those to America. You, they didn't bring those, like, history has proved that that is not what they did. They forced Native Americans into these schools. You can see the pictures of them. They stripped them of their Native clothing. Not the Plymouth and... Brethren didn't, did they, particularly? Yeah, but he's implying that, that that was all, that's what happened in America. No, that was the start of uh, what happened in America. And that's, that is, and that is so, like, a just a little thing that he says at the end. He says that they enlightened all these oh we've also spoken to a tribe he's covering his back that's what that reads like oh they're covering the back so that they can uh, get their historical lesson across yeah but the histo- rather than you can't, just you can't let's, say we've let's scrap history let's not no no not, not scrap history exactly the opposite you can't call something an enlightenment you can't say that they we you know you taught them english they didn't want to like they didn't want to learn it they didn't, shouldn't have had to have learned it what happened in america to native americans was a genocide and a stripping of their cultures. Yeah, there's nothing to say you can't teach that as well, as well as... No, but the two, the two can't be taught as well as. You can't teach that they brought enlightenment and these people did this, uh, but also this is what happened. Like, you have to teach... It's one lesson. To be honest, if you look at the history of, uh, of the United States, that would be... That's an important part of the history of the United States. Yeah, so you that, can what say happened that they, in 1620. They... My view is that you teach about the, the good things as what well as the bad things. things. What though? good things? The English language, the Magna Carta, no, but the those things justice system. Upon Native Americans. Sorry? Yeah, it was probably a good thing. No, you, oh my gosh, that is that is that is colonial superiority. No. And, and white superiority as well. Well, no, it's where to they say were, that the English were, language is a better language. You know, that well done, the Chinese. They invented fireworks. You, you look at where thing, where different things come from. You know, you look at our no, road engineers di- and the bridges and things diff- like that. That's you know, completely you, different. Saying saying we built bridge, saying we built bridges is not is not a bad thing. But saying the English language that we brought is a good thing. That's the same as saying we civilized people. It's not true. No, I think the English language is a, is a marvellous language. And, uh, but why is it better w- w- than like Native American tribal languages? Well, I'm not saying you shouldn't... You know, if that's your tribe and you want to speak, you can talk... But you can talk to the world in English, you know. And from English stemmed a worldwide movie industry, literature, all sorts. That I don't agree. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll put it over to the public. We'll have a public vote. If you agree... That I mean, my view is the pendulum swung, swung slightly too far. I think these things should be should slightly be... too far. Yeah, Dad, you're, 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 people you're ignoring didn't... a genocide of people, of, of no, stripping people them. of their culture. What I'm saying is, of, of, and the things that that we did to people, and oh, I'm only we're only speaking about about Native Americans. There's 
aboriginals in in south africa in australia like so many other places you're saying the pendulum swinged too far yes. no like if you watch those tr- complete pe- whole tribes were wiped out yeah. because they if they wouldn't do what we told them to do you can't just say the pendulum swing too far and ignore it no, I'm not ignoring it. That's what I'm saying. The pendulum. What I'm saying is, if you watch a travel show on TV and you watch somebody in Indonesia or somewhere going on one of these railway journeys, I've seen a couple of those with Michael Portillo. So he goes on a railway journey and it was a Scottish or an English, often a Scottish actually, a railway engineer who built these railway lines through the mountains and designed these railway lines. Yes, sure, there were probably dreadful things committed by some less enlightened people on the on the native can't population. Say less Why can't I say less enlightened? Because how were they this less enlightened? Went, they were less enlightened because they committed atrocities. What no, I'm wait, saying oh, is, sorry, I thought you were calling the people who didn't want the railway. No, no, no. There wasn't people who didn't want the railway built. The railway brought great benefits, and it was built by engineers yeah, but, from our country. So there but, is a the, no, and the, this I don't think I don't court I don't system. Know this, There's this all sorts of things of like, we brought to Africa and the Far East, which was part of colonialism. Clearly, we're there for our own purposes, but. There were great benefits too. Let's talk uh, just briefly about being uh, a Northern student at a Russell Group University. Mm. Apparently, some Northern students uh, down south are being discriminated against because of their Northernness and have found it necessary to open a, a northern group or you know there's a, a northern club so like in oxford they've got an afro-caribbean society they've got an islamic society they've now got a northern society for people who, who want to hold on to their northern heritage and um, particularly it says here uh, to celebrate their shared love of chips and gravy for you it's sort of the other way around isn't it because people mm. from the south yeah um, but i would say at the uni- that york is feels very southern yeah, it's odd, isn't it? It's, I think it's because it's kind of there's quite a lot of people who are quite posh who go there because it ends up being a bit of like if you don't get into Cambridge and Oxford, quite a few people go to York because it's the same like collegiate system. So I think it ends up being quite like you would be more discriminated against if you were northern rather than southern. I think. Mm. Well, this guy here who's founded it, uh, Daniel Goss, he's twenty two, he's from Manchester. He founded uh, Oxford's Northerner Society. He's studying philosophy, politics, and economics there. He says it's recently seen an exponential growth and we now get hundreds signing up at Freshers' Fairs. Uh, Through the funding we receive from the university, we want to increase applications to Oxford from the north, but we also want to strengthen uh, the idea of the north as somewhere to aspire to. We bring in speakers to talk about things like the Northern Powerhouse. Have you spotted the Northern Powerhouse at all? (laughs) Not recently. No. Well, it's supposed to be coming at some point uh, Boris Johnson did say he was going to even it up mm, the um... likely no that until there's a a reason for for people in power to want the north to be better than it were it will oh. remain the same well I read a piece <clears throat> today uh, about how the fact that the new normal when we I know you're very keen on the old normal but the new normal may include the provinces manchester leeds york taking a bigger part in the nation that everything can't that london is too crowded i think this will prove that that london is is too big for its own good And, it, and, too, and, too, too big and we rely the, on it too much to yeah. for the economy. And do big for the climate's good as well. Mm. You know, this the, yeah. the guy called it... In, I mean, we 
in fairness though, I don't think it took it needed a pandemic to tell you that. Like, no, I I'm very young, and so have not been well, around. Well, you're nineteen. <laughs> no, I'm very not been around that long, and I could have told you that. Like, yeah. and, but people have been saying that for years and years and years yeah. since I remember that. London is too big, we need investment in the north, we need investment in the railways. Like People have been saying that for years and years and years. Yeah. I don't think it should have needed a pandemic to tell you that London... No, it shouldn't, London... but, it, but it did do. And, yeah. And, yeah, I guess that's a, a positive that because this terrible thing that's happened, maybe now we'll get some real change. But it shouldn't have. Yeah. It, sh- certainly... it should never have got this... The, the north-south divide should never have got this bad. Yeah, and there was, uh, the, the guy calls it the uh, Pret-a-Manger Society because there are so many Prets in London and he's talking about all these people gathering in Pret-a-Manger to take their sandwiches up to their office in London Mm. and you know they're not from London these people they don't need to be there if we do all you know if we'd have ordered our society in a, in a sort of federal way like i uh, discussed this before like germany where you've yeah. got big centers like frankfurt's got its own daily paper nobody's daily paper yeah has to you come know from i never even thought about that that all the papers of course there's going to be a south bias in papers of course there's going to be more news about the south of england and about london if all the papers are from there yeah well, I'd never true. even thought about. I'd never thought about it as weird because that's just the way it is. Mm. Like the Times, the Guardian, the Mail, the Sun, whatever, they're all run in mm. London. Yeah. Um, well, and it's because it, Germany never, is federal. The I never thought that it could be another way. Like, why can't yeah. there be a Times-sized newspaper in Manchester? Yeah. Well, they, we have had. I mean, the Yorkshire Post once used to be considered to be a national newspaper, mm. but. That went years yes. ago. That's the weird thing, is that Yorkshire is huge, like absolutely huge. And the the Yorkshire Post is like a funny little local newspaper. Yeah. Or right. it might as well be. It, it no, might, it's might not, as well but... be. Yeah, I mean, I heard the editor of the Yorkshire Post, and they do try, and they have had some sort of exclusive mm. stories and things, but it still appeals mostly to people in North Yorkshire as well. It doesn't really yeah. cover West or South Yorkshire that well, although I'm not an expert. I don't get it, get it every morning. But, you know, in Germany... Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung considered to be a perfectly national. You know, it's not from Berlin, but people will read it all over. Yeah, you know, over in, in France, uh, I think it's called Le Midi, the paper from the south of France. It doesn't have to come out of Paris yeah. to be uh, France. Like I don't know, the way it strikes me is that there's also more different newspapers having very different stories. It's not like the press isn't one kind of like all the we have like all the right wing newspapers, all the sort of more liberal newspapers whereas in france there seems to be it's more niche like more different sort of smaller types of news and stuff which i think sounds like a better like a healthier way for it to be well i think it's also because they are either local or regional newspapers Mm. mean something there not here as you say everything everything comes from uh, from london maybe that'll be one of the positives that comes out of this is that with a bit of luck yeah with a bit of luck i think it's another one of those things if like if rich people want money to stay in london then it'll stay in london not to be pessimistic, but... <laughs> well, hopefully we're not being too pessimistic and we have satisfied a public need in that our uh, 27 emails did prove there was, a, there was a market for what we're doing. OK, well, we'll see you <laughs> next week. Thank you for listening. Yes, we will see you next week because we we're doing one again next week, yes? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you love it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do one again next week. And uh, thank you very much, Lee, for listening. Just to tell you, if you want to hear those uh, two tunes, they will be on the Spotify playlist. You can find it by typing Martin and Ruth or 
Ruthie, Uni Dad and Me or Martin Ruth Podcast or any of those things, you can find our Spotify playlist where you'll find this week's tunes in full and all the other songs from all the other weeks. Well, um, most of the other yeah. songs. And the email is martinruthpodcast at gmail.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.